always had questions, you know, growing up without him. I actually go see a counselor and she had asked me, she says, so how's everything? I said, honestly, I feel like I can actually close this chapter. What you're about to hear is an unscripted session with a psychic medium. Fleur had no contact with the participants prior to this meeting. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of the psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond the Podcast. My name is Fleur, and I am an intuition teacher, a psychic medium, and host of this podcast, Moving Beyond. Here, you have the opportunity to be a fly on my wall and listen in on an intimate reading in which I connect someone to their loved ones on the other side. You will hear stories of grief and tremendous loss, but you will also hear stories of loving connection and witness beautiful transformations. Thank you for listening with an open heart. I truly believe that we heal in community, and you're here. You are an important part of this one. I'm Randy. I'm Dylan from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I have a lot of unanswered questions and fears, you know. Was it okay? Was he happy about it? You know, is he proud of where I'm at? Hello. Hi. Hi. You're Randy and Dylan. Is that right? Yes. Right. Have either of you either had a reading before, any kind of experience before? No. No, never before. Okay, cool. So, welcome. I work as a medium and as a psychic. The medium work is what we're going to be doing today. And that experience is one in which I turn my attention to energy, for lack of a better word. The consciousness, life force, soul, spirit, part of us that continues, part of us that's not just the physical. And in my experience, it holds a ability to communicate. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take a moment, uh, get quiet, see what we've got, and then we'll start. All right, so I've got a man stepping here. I think he knows both of you, but I want to acknowledge him as being father, but not to both of you. So I don't think you're siblings because you come in with different families. Yeah. Do, Do you see that? Yes. Yeah. And he comes in as father and yet and I think I'm actually connected more to you Dylan than I am to Randy so I think this would be your dad okay that but he's passed yes well I'm sure there's people for you Randy right now it's mostly Dylan's family so I'm just going to work with that and then at any point if we're like we need to change yeah we can but I think who I'm getting is the people connected to him. Your father's in spirit, Dylan. We've acknowledged that. Your father's father, grandfather, also in spirit. Yes. See? And these two men, for me, actually come side by side. There is an acknowledgement here of a first name being passed down in the family as yes. well. The feeling of the senior junior thing yes. happening. And that the men feel like it's a mark of pride. There's a name that you do carry. It might be your middle name that does feel carried over, but it's yes. not. But it's not Dylan. It's not the carried over name. Do you see? Yes. That? 
I also feel here that you yourself have thought of the continuation of that name in your own creation of family because there is this sense of that being in the thought process, but I don't feel like there's a child yet in the world that you've named that. Do you understand yes. this? But it's been in the back of your mind or you've been thinking about it. Do you see yes. that? And I, and I want to acknowledge this because they keep talking about upcoming babies and I do see a little girl. So there needs to be the acknowledgement of a little girl, mm-hmm. but you already have her, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Your father, Dylan, comes in as a no frills kind of dude, <laughs> I want to say. There's mm-hmm. such a like salt of the earth, grounded sense about him. Yes. At one point, he must have spent a lot of time outdoors. Yeah, he loved, loved the outdoors, fishing, camping. Yeah, all of it. Like I, I love being outside, but it's not necessarily in hot weather or in the sun. Right. And any moment I can get outdoors, I want to go outdoors. That's the feeling. Now, these memories talk about fishing. I don't only want to take you. I want to take another young boy with me as well. There's the feeling of a memory of two coming along with me, not just one. Do you see that? No. Take a look here. What is it showing me? Hmm. In that case, do you see that he's one of two brothers? Yes. Okay. Then this is a memory he's showing me of him going fishing, and it just feels like the two brothers go and fish. That's the sense. I do feel like that's then passed down to you, but he makes me feel like you're actually terrible at fishing. (laughs) Or that this is not something you're very good at. Yes. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't need to call you out, but... (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. <laughs> and there's that sense of, um, because of this, I think your dad would love to go out on his own, do you know, as well? Or, like, yeah. just keep trying to bring you, but it's just really not clicking. That's, yeah. And that's okay. <clears throat> he loves you anyways. <laughs> but I do know that he also has a deep connection to this brother of his, not just in childhood, but later on as well. Yes. I feel an abrupt end to his life. I feel like it's very sudden, very unexpected. And for you, very left field. I, I just feel like this would not be something you've seen coming at all. Do you see that? Yes. Very sudden. And I also feel like it must have come during a period of time where the foundation of family feels shaky. For your dad, for you, there's something about this where I feel like things are already shaky and then there's a very sudden departure. A lot of attention to my head comes in with the passing, a lot of pressure in the head shows up for me, forced to the head and, uh, or at least impact, I feel. But he's making me feel it's not accidental, so this would be self-inflicted or uh, I feel we could acknowledge this as being a suicide. Do you see this? Yes. But the um, feeling of it that he also wants you to know is very quick. So there's just the indication here of I'm allowing him into my space. I'm allowing him to remind me and to show me what that experience was. Uh, But for me, he places all of the emphasis on the head, the brain. For him, wants you to know 
it's not consciously experienced for him. I feel so, so, so quickly moving and we don't have to go into it too much here, but it does feel very purposeful for him. That feels very important. Okay. Hmm. I do feel like there's a sense of looking back at this, realizing there are other options. He must have at the time been someone who really struggles with depression, but doesn't know how to speak about it. Mental health is not really available at this period of time. Mental health help. I mean, it just feels unspoken of and unspoken about. Do you see that? Yes. And also I feel like your dad is raised and comes from a time of man's man, salt of the earth, but isn't going to talk emotions, is going to be a man. This feels for him, the definition of a man is not one who struggles in mental health. And he sees now and witnesses now that there are other options but I think in his reality of the world that he lived in at that time, it just feels very narrow. Mm -hmm. I do see you as an adult at this time that your father passes, but I don't feel like you're fully on your own two feet. Meaning like, I think you still have a lot of kid in you, but there is that sense of being a young adult. I don't see you as a child. Do you see this? Yes. Hmm. He also hands you a driver's license. Did you keep his license? <laughs> no. No. There's something about the license that feels important. Is that right? Like you look yeah. for it or you try to find it? Is that right? No. Um, sorry. Whew. I kept his truck. Oh, got it. Okay. It looks like it worked on and worked on and worked on and worked on, but it doesn't look new to me. Right. Do you see that? Yeah. Right. Feels old, but he shows me a real ability here to fix it himself, or that there's like a real knowledge in and around the mechanics mm-hmm. that I need to acknowledge. And I do feel like he likes that you've got it very much so. Hmm. One second here. I'm just going to have come closer. He brings up your mom now, and it does feel to me like there's a sense of repartnering around your mom and this connection of more love around her, but I don't see a second marriage. Do you see that? Yes. Do you see? And that feels good. Then he's also talking about your mom going through a period of illness and wanting to acknowledge for you because I feel like this has already happened. Like he's he's seen you with her during a period of time where she's not well. But then I feel like she bounces back. Do you, do you see that? Uh, she she had gastric bypass, and so she was heavier before. But that's the only illness that I could connect it with. Okay, that's all right with me because I feel like it bounces. She bounces back, and from that point on, he was making me feel a sense of her doing better and better and better, and the joy in watching this. He keeps putting sunflowers all around her and this feeling of her really wanting her to know that there's a lot of love for her and it feels also that she needs to know that there's a lot of forgiveness. So that feels really important as well. 
it does feel like prior to your father's passing, there's some sort of disconnect between the two of them. There's some sort of separation. It feels very heavy on your mom. The yeah. sense of having drawn some very firm boundaries between herself and your father for, I think, very valid reasons. And yet he really needs her to know that he doesn't hold that against her and does see that it was her only option. And it feels like it's her only option and your only option as well at the time. I do think there's a distancing, a disconnect to saying like the behavior here is not okay. And wanting to acknowledge that he sees he had other options. This was no one's fault. He takes full responsibility. Full responsibility. Yeah. I want to go back to the mental health. I do feel like there's an element here of undiagnosed at the time PTSD. And it feels to me like it mixes with alcohol intake or very much wanting to kind of be out of the body, wanting to be disconnected. Do you see that? Yes. <clears throat> and again, it comes back to the sense of not learning how to speak about it, not learning how to open up about it. And so I feel very much that there's a trapping within the mental health space. And I feel like he presents this to you as an explanation, not as the only option he had, but as an explanation of needing you to know how and why he saw it as a limitation and how and why he felt that there wasn't the ability to continue on. I do feel, however, that the time that he passes, this separation between him and your mom and kind of the disconnect, it wasn't a finalized divorce. Is that right? It, wasn't, it doesn't feel finalized. They, after I had turned 18, at once I had turned 18, they would like, they wanted to get back together. That was kind of their intentions. Because they fought okay. over me. It it feels very much the sense of... It's interesting because he was making me feel like it wasn't an end between the two of them, necessarily. It wasn't finalized. Do you know? Yet... It does look like quite a division during that period of time. And I feel that he's sorry he put you in the middle of it. And I feel that your mom has expressed this as well, or you've already spoken to her about this. You guys have had that conversation and that forgiveness. It feels like you and your mom do have an open emotional space to discuss this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's witnessed that and he's thankful for that. And he's grateful for that, that you've both been able to work through this. But he'd like that with you as well, I feel to also take his side of responsibility and to see the difficulty that this created. But aside from the fighting between the two of them, I do also feel like there's a layer of alcoholism here that isn't extreme to the point of he doesn't feel belligerent as a drunk. I feel like he's very high functioning. There's this feeling of being able to kind of hide it or like tuck it in the behind him. Do you see that? Yes. <clears throat> yet disassociating, yet disconnecting, and wanting to say he doesn't carry that to the other side with him. He Good. doesn't hold on to that. That's released, fully released. Doesn't hold on to it in any manner. Hmm. I'm Robert's come up for me like 10 times now in the background. 
So I have to address it, but I don't think it's your dad's name and I don't think it's your grandfather's name. Does that connect to you, Randy? It's my middle name. That's your middle name, okay. But that one does get passed down, you see? I don't know if it did or not. I think it's your grandfather's middle name or something similar to that. Mm. It gets passed down from your family to you. Because they've brought up the name Robert and yeah, it didn't feel like either of these men's names. But there was one other name I needed to acknowledge. It's like a Joe or a Joey. Joseph. That also feels to be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Joseph. That was part of my dad's name. That's part of your dad's name. Got it. Okay. Let's ask him some questions. Does he know the kids? Is he with the kids? Yeah. 100% yes on this. Have you had, have there been four pregnancies? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because he talks about it's not four kids in the world, it's four pregnancies. And that he's been with you and walked with you through every single one. Definitely around the kids in the world. Watches over them, very connected to them. Feels like your mom's not far residentially. So I feel like there's this feeling of her getting to be around them all the time, too. And any time anyone gathers, he's also gathered. Yeah, wouldn't miss a minute. That's my feeling. Other questions for him? Anything else? I'm just glad he's doing good. Yeah, he's well. He's good. Big relief. That pair of like heavy boots on for me. Like I, just all of a sudden, as I kind of come into a space, there's a feeling of like wanting to put on a pair of boots and wanting to go out in nature and just really wanting you to know like that's where I. If I'm not around you, if I'm not around the kids, like I just feel like he's in the woods. Randy, do you have any questions for him? I don't think so. Huh. Got another man that steps forward. Just as I was looking around here. And is your dad also passed? Yeah. Yeah. Missed him at first because Father Energy comes on a very similar radio station. That's when you had thing. mentioned the big heavy boots yeah. for Dylan's dad, I instantly thought it was <clears throat> my dad. So did I. Funny. I think he was coming in and he was shifting. Yeah. I do now get one, first of all, very different personality, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very uh, different. Very yeah. different person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the one thing they have in common is to be father to you, do you know? But that's yeah. about it. Yeah. But this man comes in super extroverted in, like, chatty and wanting to connect. And I feel yeah. very physically affectionate and, like, very heart on my sleeve like i just get this like outpouring of love to yeah both of you. and i truly feel like that sense of you being daddy's little girl daddy's little princess like i really feel that between you and your dad that there is not a shred of doubt i feel with him about where you stand about how much loved you are just really feels like the connection is solid 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 you see yeah and he winks, and as I see this wink, I also see a mirroring of your eyes. So there's this feeling of having your dad's eyes and them kind of mirrored back at you. Yeah. And him wanting to acknowledge this. I feel here with him that he talks about having a moment where he collapses. Like, I see the body collapses, and then I feel like I don't pass in that moment. I... Continue, but there's this feeling of a moment because I do feel with him here. I have cardiovascular issues, is what I see. Do you know of that? 
Um, we don't know 100% what happened. Okay. Do you see that it would be possible that there is a artery that gets blocked or it just feels like it? Where I feel yeah. like the body collapses, the blood flow is blocked. Right. Because he brings me cardiovascular and he brings me the heart. But I feel that he is not standing at the time, but there's no fall. It's like I'm already sleeping or I'm laying down or there's just this feeling of the collapse isn't so dramatic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For him wanting you to know that it's gentle, gentle, gentle. Gentle, gentle, gentle. I feel this man to be very good with his hands, the fixing of things, the making of things for the joy of it, not yeah. just for fixing, but also making. Yeah. You see? And I want to sand wood and make things smooth and good looking. And I feel like there's still furniture in the world that his hands have touched or he's made or things that he's touched, made, created are still here. Yeah. Do you see this? Yes. I'm very proud of the work. Testament to how solid it is. That's what he makes me feel. Yeah. Testament to how well it was made. Yes. This is important. Your openness in your dream state is... For me, very vivid. I think you had very vivid dreams of your father. Yes. Very vivid. Almost lucid dreams at times. Yeah. And he's wanting to acknowledge that they're real and true as moments that you go on adventures together. And he doesn't want to leave you out of this, Dylan, because I feel like you also had a very strong connection with this man. Yeah. And the feeling of him being like a father to you, or at least for him, that's how he saw you as like a son. And... Wanting you to know how strong that bond is for him as well. I don't know if he lived in a place or you guys live in a place where if I look up at the night sky, I can see, like truly see the stars. Yeah. But this feels important to him to live in a place where I can see that. Yeah. And on occasion, a shooting star. Yeah. You know? And he wants you to keep your eyes up, to gaze at that, to see that. I just want to put a hat on this man. Yep. Yeah. I don't like being without a hat. Something's going to cover my head. Yeah. Hmm. After he passed, it feels like someone requested, perhaps you, to be with him in a room for a short bit of time. Do you see this? I think we were all there for a little bit after he passed. We asked him to just give us a minute. Okay. Because it, it feels like I pass and people are there and speaking to me and with me. And there's this feeling of still being in the room, wanting you to know I'm still in the room. Mm -hmm. Or I see people getting to be there and he's just very much wanting to say, like, I'm still in the room, I'm still around. It feels important. And especially in relation to the three, he keeps talking about the three being in and around him during that mm -hmm. time. Yeah. I'm connected to the three. And how special that was for him to get to witness all that love and all that connection. I think he really wanted Dylan's father to have the opportunity to speak. I feel like that was very important. He was standing behind him this entire time. Mm -hmm. But of course, loves you both tremendously. While he's, I think, from our perspective, passes too young or that he wasn't, you know, in the latter stages of his life. He does make me feel that when he passes, he doesn't have any kind of things to make right or love that's unspoken. 
or any of that. You know, this man is like full heart in my sleeve. Everybody knows I love them. I know everybody loves me. It's all good. Let's ask him some questions. Does he connect with Dylan's dad at all? Yeah, yeah, the two know each other. Okay. For sure. I'm side by side here. I think they often are around each other because they're often around you. Yeah. Okay. They know each other because they know you. Does he, as far as like his passing and like how it all happened, like when it initially happens, is he in pain? Does it hurt? Well, he gives me this feeling like he doesn't hold on to the pain, but it would have looked like it hurt or you would have seen it to be painful. And it does hurt the physical form. The spirit's already leaving is my feeling. Okay. So there is this feeling of the spirit already disconnecting. So that memory of that pain isn't present for him now. It's just a memory. Okay. One last name I'm going to throw out, but I'd written down the name Mark at one point, so I must have heard it. Odd. Yeah. My best friend. Your best friend. He's basically like a father figure to him. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all I have for you guys. Do you have any other questions for me? I don't think so. No? Okay. Good. Well, we'll have some time also for questions next time around so we're going to do a follow-up call and i'll get to connect with you both and so you get to process this a little bit and think about it and then we can have a discussion of us to what your own spiritual journey looks like and how to connect and what all of this means cool okay yeah a lot to digest and then we'll we'll connect again and we'll do it together sound good yeah all right thank you guys so much for making us yeah thank you thank you very much you're so welcome bye Do you feel like you're stumbling around a little bit on your spiritual journey? Well, one thing that can help you find purpose and direction is knowing your archetype. Archetype are universal patterns of purpose and behavior that once you discover yours are really going to help you find your place in the world and your purpose in the world. I've created a very fun, very quick quiz to help you find yours, and you can find it in the show notes or at mediumfleurfleur.com. Finding your archetype will help you find direction, and we've even offered you some resources to find that next steady step on your spiritual journey. Go online today and find your archetype and your direction on your spiritual path. Before we get back to our show, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is an amazing way to help support the show, but also it's going to give you a sneak peek into something we've never offered before. You can find pictures, videos, little memorabilia between the client, the person that I'm connecting with, and their loved one on the other side. These photos are often ones that I get after sessions, but I'm wanting to share them with you because I see them as a love letter and just a beautiful way of honoring those who have passed. If you are at all curious, if you want to see them, if you want to honor them too, please check out our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes and you can help support the show. Thank you for being here and enjoy the rest of today's podcast.
Good to see you guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, doing well. How have you guys been since the reading? Good. Yeah, really good. I think we've both cool. kind of decided that we've kind of found closure with everything. Oh, wow. That's big. Yeah. Let's just start there. Just give me a little bit of a background as to why you both wanted to do it together, what your story is, what you were struggling with. I'd love to hear the background. Yeah. So I'm the one who wrote into the show. My esthetician actually is the one who got me hooked on your show. Cool. She's like, make sure you give me a shout out. It's like, okay. <laughs> love that. I started listening to your show back in January and I think I completed all of the episodes that were out probably within two weeks. I kind of got to thinking like it always says at the end, like if you, you know, want to write in or whatever. And so I got to thinking really mainly about his story and his dad's suicide and everything. I thought that it would be a great way for him to find closure. And he's been talking about doing a reading for a long time. My boss and my friend, she did a reading and was able to connect with her sister who had passed. And she said, it's the best thing that she's ever done. I knew nothing about it. He's like, you did what? You wrote into who? What is this show? So he kind of started listening to the show after I told him that we were going to be on the podcast. He started listening to the show and he's like, I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait for this. So that's kind of how that all came about. Well, I love that you did it together because both of your dads have passed. Yeah. And was that for you and your relationship? Has that been something you've worked through together? Has it, how has, how has grief looked in your relationship together? Our situation, I feel like, is a little bit different. There's so many coincidences with our dads. They have mm-hmm. the same name. Their birthdays are a day apart. They died at the same age. Just little things that were, like, just such a coincidence that his dad died before I was able to ever meet him. Um, mm-hmm. And then my dad died, what, six months after you met him? Mm-hmm. So we, neither of us really had the chance to meet each yeah. other's father. But I just thought it was complete fate, complete coincidence, whichever one you want to consider it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't get to do many couple readings and I feel like you really held space beautifully for each other. Yeah. 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 It's, it was kind of weird. Cause I don't remember exactly like she said, what point that the connection was made that you realize, okay, this is legit. This is, you know, him speaking that, you know, it was comforting. Yeah been since May 22nd of 2009 since he committed suicide. And I've always had questions, you know, growing up with, without him. You know, I was 16 at the time. Growing up, graduating high school, having kids, starting your own family, wondering what would he be like with the kids? Is he okay? Where is he at? What's he doing? You had asked at the end, you know, do you have any questions? And I I feel like he already knew the questions that I've had my whole through this whole experience and he just answered them. I actually go see a counselor and she had asked me that I went that morning after the reading and she says, So, how's everything? I said, Honestly, I feel like I can actually close this chapter. Wow. It's been huge. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing and you were ready for it, right? I feel like Yeah. I think it's it's as much a testament to your own readiness and that moment of it all like clicking together. It's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. When you talk about closing that chapter, do you feel like you can bring your dad into your life in a new and different way? I don't know 
I don't know how yet to do that. So mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure that. Yeah. The negativity is gone for me more than anything. The going through the house afterwards and dealing with the items in the home and renting the home out and selling the home and, you know, all the stuff that is over the years just kind of like drug at me and stayed. It's, I kind of felt like, like it was like a bunch of ticks that just got tired and just fell off. I got some stuff in the garage that was left over from him, stuff that I've kept and things that I've kind of boxed up and wanted. And I actually was able to go through more of that and actually get rid of even more than I had. So just kind of full circle, kind of a new start, really. Powerful. Yeah, very. And what was your, for both of you, really, what was your spiritual beliefs? Did you have any prior to the reading? How has this shifted it? I wouldn't say that I was a believer, but I also wouldn't say that I was like a non-believer. I was, I still was coming into it a little bit skeptical, but I think afterwards it was a little bit different. I see a lot of like the, like the signs that you had mentioned, like, you know, look up in the sky and like the stars and the shooting stars and stuff like that. And that he would always be there. And I see that now. Beautiful. Have you seen a shooting star since? She did yeah. the other night. We could go today. We could go yesterday. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And what about you? What's your spiritual journey been? Coming into this, obviously, I was super excited and nervous. I think both of us had the same fear of like, are they going to show up? Is this going to actually happen? You know, I listened to this stuff, the, the readings and, and stuff previous to our reading and that day I left here and, and I just, I felt that, uh, I felt like it never had happened really that he, you know, what I'd went through, obviously I'm aware of and I've dealt with and done, but I, I feel like it's been something I'm able to let go more of. I don't think about it. I don't process it the same. More so now I focus on me and, and what I have in my family, my kids, getting to share with my mom. Ooh, this one's going to be hard. Ooh. Excuse me. Oh, it's all right. Take your time. <sighs> Getting to share with my mom that that after he had left, that she had done a good job. I needed to give that to her. And she needed that. That was probably the most impact of the whole thing for me. <sighs> Whew, sorry. <sighs> it's all good. And it's beautiful because you got to be a messenger as part of it. It's a domino right. effect. Yeah, because they always fought over over me and, and over, you know, she spoiled the hell out of me. And he, you need dirt and everything. I bought my first bike and I got everything handed down from my brother. And so for him to appreciate what she did and be able to give that to me so I could give that to her, she's had a lot of, lot of guilt. I can imagine. So, it's yeah. Hard. It's, beautiful. it's beautiful. Yeah, you changed this. Well, I didn't. It's just the it's just the translation, you know, and this is the beauty of it is it's not me. I'm translating the energy that exists around the two of you all the time. And it's just this moment where the conscious mental moment goes, "Ah, that's what my heart knows. That's what my spirit knows. It's been there the whole time. We're just getting you out of your own way." And it's always available. I do think it's really beautiful what you're saying as to 
you know, trauma does live and create us to live in the past. And it sounds like you're living in the present because yeah. from there you can, you can energetically create so much more. You've got so much more of a, of a power source for yourself. And I think that's, that's really beautiful. And when you're ready and it doesn't have to be today, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be in a year or five years, but you can say, yeah, like, come on in dad, help me out, you know, in the present right. without all of that past baggage. That could be the next the next phase, but it doesn't have to be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have any questions about the process or how it works or how you can connect better in your own life? <laughs> Sorry. Didn't spend... No, that's all right. All good. The family yeah, affair. Do you want to come here and say hi? Hello. Can you say I love hi? your pigtails. Say hi. <laughs> your hair is amazing. I think both of us are pretty... I think we're pretty confident with where we're at right now. We kind of understand that, you know, it wasn't you who was telling us this. It was them, you know, who was coming through um, and telling us this and that they're always around us and, you know, how they're around us and when they're around us. So it's a weird situation because you, you know, you explain to people. (laughs) I was out with my friend last night and we were out fishing. These people were up on the bank and they had said, any luck? And I said, I never have any luck. And they kind of looked at me and I said, I said, uh, I was telling my my buddy because he knew and he's not really a believer in in much of that. You know, the the spirit, I wouldn't say that he doesn't believe the spirit world, but I don't think he has ever experienced anything traumatic enough to where it's like, wow, I really, you know, really would like to look into something like this. He's kind of just a... It's, it is what it is. So when I had told him, I said, you know, well, I haven't talked to my dad since 2009. And the first thing he wanted to tell me was that I still suck at fishing. And these guys, he's sitting here laughing at me. I said, I'm serious. It was literally one of the things that came up in the conversation that got pointed out. And he was kind of joking at me. And he says, well, well, you can see that on your Facebook or something. And I said, I said, wait till you hear the recording. And he immediately, I was telling him a couple of the things that happened. And he just, his mind totally changed. You know, because I don't think a lot of people necessarily think that it is true. But once you personally experience the connection, there's no way that you can't believe. I mean, it it is so surreal, honestly. I mean, but it's just something that you put these things, you know, for you, you're just getting bits and pieces. Like you had said, Mark, you're like, hey, somewhere through here, you know, I had Mark and I'm like, Holy crap, you know, I mean, he was, he has been a father figure to me since my, you know, probably, I don't know, two or three years after my dad passed. He kind of stepped in in places. He actually just went through his 25th year of losing his dad to suicide. So we had a lot of things in common along the way, things that are going to trigger, things that are going to experience. And he kind of showed me through that stuff. So things like that, when you're like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to throw this out there. This name, this mark, you know, and it, to you, it means absolutely nothing. And I'm like, holy cow, like, this is just, yeah. I've never met my grandfather on his side. So knowing that he was there with, because you had said there was two men mm-hmm. there and you were getting the names James and Robert. That was my dad's side of the family. There's certain things that you can't not believe. Until you actually get in and, and you're ready to experience, this has changed me forever as far as closure, knowing the, the things that I wanted to know. I don't need anything more from this. 
that's I'm just grateful to have gotten to be a loyal part of yeah, it. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think what you're saying is so true. Uh, it is hard for people to wrap their head around it unless they've experienced it. And I would, you get to, you get to like talk about it however you want to talk about it. But I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to get some pushback. But unless you're you're the one having the experience, it it is hard to translate. It is hard to put into words. And yeah. at the end of the day, it it doesn't really matter, right? If other people get it or not. I told them, you know, hey. I'm doing a, a medium reading and they kind of, huh? What's that? So then you explain yeah. it to them. They kind of look at you like, okay, you're off the deep end already. I sell concrete for a living. And so I told him what we were doing about, damn it, it must have been two weeks before. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I said, what? He says, don't bug them when they go to rest. See, don't wake them up. <laughs> I'm right. like, we're not, it's not how this works. It's true. Everybody has their own like cultural vantage point on it, belief system. But I love that you're having the conversation because a lot of people just like don't talk about it. And then I think regardless of if somebody believes you're off your rocker or if somebody believes you're waking up the dead or whatever it is, it's like it's such a beautiful entry point into this experience we all have as people, which is we're going to lose people and we're going to navigate that and we're going to heal and we're going to experience hopefully a spiritual connection to them if that's the path you're walking. But we don't talk about it. And I think even if somebody doesn't necessarily quote unquote believe or even if somebody's scared of it. The opportunity to connect human to human in that way, I think it's really beautiful that you're that you're openly talking about it in mm-hmm. your and you're just like, hey, what do you think, right? Like, right. What's, what's your vantage point on this? I yeah, I mean, so I'm beautiful. I'm an open book, and, and people look at me and they go, like, oh, great, what's he going to tell us today? You know, and yeah. you know, as to where she kind of is a little more reserved. First thing I did after on that Thursday, I went to counseling. I got out of counseling. I called my grandpa, my grandma. I called my mom. Everybody come over here, you know, and we'll get together and everybody can listen to it. I think one of the most beautiful things about a reading is that people can continue to experience it because it's a recording and so it will live on and people can listen back to it or have it at times where you need to remember, you need to remember the magic of it. It's hard, like when we are in our human brains and we have our day-to-day, our physicality, but we sometimes forget, right? So having it is going to be a nice reminder for you, for her for whenever you need it. I think it's going to be really beautiful. Yeah. No, it's been a, a lot less rocky, I think, for me since yeah. since the reading. You think about it more than you really realize. I didn't really think about it necessarily on a daily basis, the situation. But I mean, at 16 and going through no will, going through the house with his best friend, trying yeah. to find things. I mean, I mean, nobody else was really allowed in the house because there was no next to can other than his mom which was down the road but she was bedridden so there was a lot of things that i really had to kind of deal with as a young kid i mean 16 years old and just going through the house and going through that process of dealing with the trust and dealing with and vehicles and irons and i mean it was it was organized chaos really but not having a will you know you have to take inventory of everything in the building and it was spoons, forks. I mean, it was just stupid little things that just irritate more than anything. I I don't feel that it was necessarily anger, but it's like frustration, anger, irritability level changed because I did have to deal with that. You know, and that's not something that anybody should have to deal with, let alone a you know a kid. And I think now that 
we've done the reading, it's gone. I mean, it's just, it's, like I said, the door's closed. I mean, I just, I feel like it's done, it's over. And now you just carry on. So. It makes me really happy that you've had such a great experience. Loved getting to see you again. Yeah, it's been great. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your morning. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond, the podcast. We would like to thank everyone who has shared their loved ones, their stories, and their heartbreak with us, making this podcast possible. If you haven't yet left us a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps others find the show. Moving Beyond is an independent podcast produced by Fleurless Inc. and Elizabeth Mahelich, with additional support from the team at 2020 Intuition, including Lotta, Teresa, Min, and Jill. Original music composed and produced by Lucas Tuttle. To learn more about Medium Fleur and her book, Moving Beyond, that teaches you how to access your intuition, psychic ability, and spirit connection, please visit www.mediumfleur.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to be on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send Elizabeth a short email detailing the loss that you've experienced and how grief affects your daily life to podcasts at mediumfleur.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at mediumfleur.com. If you'd like to know more about the guest and the loved ones who appeared in this episode of Moving Beyond, or how we create the podcast Moving Beyond, please visit our community at patreon.com. Simply search for Medium Fleur, M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R. We'll see you there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.